Well, get your Bibles out and go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Um, sorry, Nikki, I changed the title on you again. Don't throw that one away. 1 Peter chapter 3. I have a question for you. I think I know the answer, but I still want to hear you say it. Do you want a better life? Do you want a good life? The faith movement started something in the body of Christ. Uh, It created a controversy, which is a good one, because we have been accused of being in denial. In other words, there's people outside of our camp that will look at us and say, you need to come back into reality. You act as though you'll never have any trouble. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I've never preached or heard anybody preach that we will not have trouble. But I do believe that trouble doesn't have to rule me. That's, that's the difference. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I believe that I should win every battle. I believe you should win every battle. And in other words, this scripture right here, and I'm going to read it to us. Uh, it's been rolling around inside of me for so long. I mean, days and days and days. And um, the other day I woke up and the Lord began to deal with me again. I had a sermon, um, and I'll preach it, I I want to, called Adam 2.0. The ones that went to Bible school know exactly what the sermon is about. But anyway, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. He who would love life and see good days. Is it possible... To wake up in the morning and go, yes, it is, it is, and it's not based on circumstances. So if it's possible, apparently according to 1 Peter, the Spirit of God had him write this, it has to be possible for us to love our life and see good days. Was it, was it Louis Armstrong that wrote the song, It's a Beautiful World? It's, ma- it's a matter of perspective. What are you looking at? Okay, Jesus is still on the throne. Um, we can still rejoice in the goodness of God. We have a great future ahead of us. But yet every one of us, we face things. So I want to talk about re- having a good life. And, and in, in that, one of the things that he said, and, and um, well, let me not get ahead of myself. One of the things he said, because I want, I want to enjoy what I do. I want to enjoy pastoring. I, I want to enjoy waking up. I, I, I don't want to wake up and go, oh, God, another day. And I've had days that I have said that. And it's good to know that what the Bible says here. It means that all I have to change is me. Now understand, we all know people that they need to change. But when, when the, you know, when I told someone this many years ago, I said, I wish the problem was me because I can fix that. Well, well, the problem I was going through at that time, I did change me and I did fix it. God fixed it. And so my life became better. So there are people on the planet that don't have a good life, and they need Jesus. And Christians, we are in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that should earmark us. We ought to be, now was it Dean Mushakarian wrote the book, Happiest People on Earth. Really, if anybody should be happy, it should be us. If anybody should be gay, Using the term correctly, it should be us. Amen. So I, I want to read this because, because I, I've, I've been, I, I have, a, I've, I started reading this book on love. Let me just qualify my sermon. This book helped me and it also created new problems. I'm going to read them to you and y'all will understand. Um, when I decided to become, you know, if, well, God is love. 
And now, if you want to walk in God, you're going to walk in love. So when you pick up the book on, on love, there are word, there's verbiage here I don't like. I'll come over here. Uh, here's one. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not behave unseemly. It's not easily provoked and thinks no evil. Well, that's not me. Well, it is me because I'm a new creation. The love of God has shed a in my heart. But, but, but that I find very difficult, yeah. if y'all are honest. Yeah. I wish I could say I'd never think evil, but I, I, I think some evil sometimes. Now, listen to this one. Love does not insist its own rights, its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy, fretful, or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. And to that, I want to say, (laughs) am I the only one in here? I'm trying to, apparently we can do this. And if we're going to have a good life, we will. But but when I'm reading this, I'm going, I don't know how to do that. All right. I want to read another one. Keeps no books on insults. I have a book. Here's my worst one. Love is not provoked. It's not rough or hostile. Love believes the best about others. It never gets provoked. And I'm reading this and going, now I know why Mark threw it in the trash. But yet I'm aware that it can be done and should be done, but how? And all it did was create in me questions like, okay, you're going to have to help me with this. And I went back and the Spirit of God brought me back to 1 Peter chapter 3. If you don't mind, I'm just kind of going to preach on me today. And hopefully it will help us. He who would love life and see good days, the problem is under your nose. Thank you. I'm going to read it. Let us refrain our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking deceit. The very first thing God said, if you're not having a good life, you might want to check up on what you're talking about and what you are saying. I've learned two things about my tongue. Number one, I say things I should not say. And I also don't say enough in some areas. Now, I'm just talking about myself. Thank you all. But I went to the Lord and I said, you need to, cl- you need to explain to me when am I supposed to talk and when am I not supposed to talk? And, and I was confused. I'm like, you're basically saying, just shut up. And I think for me that would be a good word, just shut up. And I have learned that not every thing I'm in, do I owe it a reply. And I've actually learned to say less than I used to say, which means it's, I'm not creating as much trouble as I used to create in my own life. And so having said that, I, I begin to write some stuff down. It says, the tongue will make you or break you. Control it. You need to learn when to speak. And when not to. 1 Peter 2.18, please go over there. Um, And remember, I'm reading the Bible, so don't walk out of here and say, I said. I know that this is not exactly what you wanted to hear, but we are reading the Word. Servants, we don't have servants today, we have employees. Be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only the good and the gentle, but even the harsh. This is commendable because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. And what credit is it when you're beaten for your faults and you take it patiently? But when you do good and you suffer and you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. To this you are called. 
Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Because Christ suffered for us, and he left an example that we would follow in his steps. He committed no sin, nor deceit was found in his mouth. Now, here's the key to it. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. When I read that, I began to think, really? I know good and well that there was times you said things to the Pharisees. I know there was times Paul said things. I know there's times Peter said things. I know there's times that all men of God have opened their mouth and said things. What's the difference? And I found it in the scripture when he was reviled. In other words, when someone is attacking you, ask the question, who are you? And why would I care? I'm going to come over here. Am I doing all right? Sometimes you need to understand there are people you owe no answer to. I was with Trina one day, Trina and Mark Hankins, and I watched her closely. And I noticed at the end of the day, she said nothing negative about anyone and that if she didn't like the conversation, she changed it. And I went, that's how this is done. I've learned a new answer for where's your mask? Do you have one? No. That's it. Not no, stupid. <laughs> Y'all are getting it. Have you taken the vaccine? No, I'm no idiot. What's wrong with no? No. 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 Now, I'm, gonna, now I'm not just talking about the virus. I'm talking about life. We'll talk about husbands and wives in a moment. When a little dog barks at a lion, the lion says nothing. When a little dog bites the lion, the lion roars. The difference is, are they talking or are they biting? Someone bites you, you might want to say something. If they're barking... Walk off. Have a good day. You don't, do not come down to their level and let them drag you in to their mud. That's what it meant when it said when Jesus was reviled, he reviled not back. Somebody would say something to him about him and he'd go, no, I don't think so. And that was the end of the subject. He just left it alone. Because you're, you're basically winning an argument and losing the war. Why are we allowing people to destroy our day? Why does one comment blow you out? Thank you all. Why do you feel like you even owe them any explanation? Okay, never mind. Verse 23, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return, and when he suffered, he did not threaten. He committed himself to him who judges righteously. In other words, there are some things that at the end of a conversation you go, God, give that to you. And that's the end of this talk. I'm just going to give it to you. And you're going to have to study. I'm going to read a scripture in a minute. It said, a wise man studies to answer. That means that sometimes when you're talking and someone's talking and the emotions are high, walk away and go, I'll get back with you later. I, don't, I know that what I want to say, but I'm not in the right frame of mind to say it because I will say something I will regret. So I'm going to leave this conversation and I'll be back another day. Okay, y'all. We haven't got to husbands and wives yet. But we will. Chapter 3, verse 1. Ladies, I want to talk to you for a minute and I, and I, want, and I want your husbands to be nice to you now. 
But I do want to say some things to ladies, and it applies to ladies and, and wives. Be submissive to your husbands, even if some of them are not obeying the word. Now look at the next one. If they without a what? Without a word, may be won by the conduct of your wife. I'm going to say something here, ladies, and I'm doing it for your benefit. This is not a rebuke. You will never um, nag a man into submission. I'm going to come over here. I don't know whether they got that or not. I'm just going to come over here. I want to. Let's talk about the difference between sin and mistake. There is nobody you know on this planet that has ever lived their life without making mistakes. What happens to a man or a child or a woman that you're constantly correcting them? They stop. Let's think about that a minute. So what happens if a little boy is playing baseball and he strikes out? What as a parent do you say? Oh, come on. You know better than that. We practiced all week. You know what he's going to do? He's going to put the bat down. How does that boy keep from messing up and not striking out? Lay the bat down, I'll never strike out again. That's, I'm, I'm using a child, but we need to take this bigger than this. We need to talk about all of us in this room as we, as we work with each other in life. People are constantly going to be doing things that are wrong. You and I don't need to remind them that they just did it wrong. Thank you. Come on, guys. This is goes for this goes for your kids. When our boys were growing up, there was times, and I t- I told people this: when they make a mistake, it's a mistake. They spill the milk, make them clean it up. Don't go into a rant and a tirade over fifty cents worth of milk. Don't destroy a child over fifty cents. Lisa and I were with a friend, and I and I got to watch how I say this now because I'm on I'm on. I'm all over the world. They walked in our house and they were in the middle of a fight over a mistake she made. It cost him five bucks. A man that makes 200,000 a year is is beating on her because she did something that cost him. And and Lisa looked at him and said, you make $200,000 a year. Shut up. It's, it's a mistake. But for whatever reason, we, we have this idea that anytime somebody does something that creates a little bit of discomfort, that if we nag them, they'll never do it again. You're deceived. You're going to be nagging until hell freezes over. You're going to nag your life away. Or you're going to lose your spouse. Because everyone messes up. It doesn't define them and it doesn't define you. The difference is, is that when people are trying, you need to give them space to mess up. And I'm going to read something to you that I never forgot. And you will enjoy this. And I said you'll enjoy it, so you will enjoy it. And you'll say, we enjoyed that. Um, There's a story here that when I read it, It's like it's stuck. I have always, I don't know another way to say this, beat on myself when I screw up. Okay. I don't even need you to beat on me. I've already done a real good job. Some of y'all are the same way. Because you're not allowing yourself to just be human. Or other people around us. On August the 6th, 1999, a Major League Baseball player stepped up to the home plate in Montreal and made another out. That was his 5,000th 
113th of his professional career. That is a lot of trips to the batter's box without a hit. If a player made all those outs consecutively and he averaged four bats per game, he would play eight seasons, 1,278 games without ever even getting on first base. That's a lot of failure. Was the player discouraged that night? No. Did he think he failed himself or his team? No. Because you see, earlier in the game, his first plate appearance, that player reached a milestone that only 21 other people in the history of baseball ever achieved. He made his 3,000th hit. That player was Tony Gwynn of the San Diego Padres. During the game, Tony got on base with, with hits four times out of five tries. That's not normal for him. Usually he fails to get a hit two times out of every three attempts. Those results may not sound very encouraging, but if you know baseball, you recognize that Tony's ability to succeed consistently one time in three made him the greatest hitter in his generation. Let me finish this. Tony recognized that to get hits, you're going to make a lot of outs. All right, let's talk about life. What about the, your kids? Are they going to mess up? They don't need a lecture. They need you to love them, lift them, and leave them alone. Let's say it again. Love them, lift them, and leave them alone. How in the world are they ever going to learn anything without trying? And why would you stop them from trying? Because all nagging will do is stop them. Your tongue is very powerful. It's also very deadly. It's de Many of you in this room have had people say things to you in the past that weighed on you heavy, and it hindered you greatly. I had a teacher one time in school, third grade. Now, I say this not to get pity. I'm not trying to get pity. I, I don't need it. My mom and dad got a divorce when I was in second grade. That's not my fault. After that, I went to school with, um, what, what are the pants that come up to your culottes? Water walkers. My, my cousin Jimmy Berry, apparently shorter than me. High water. J Jimmy Berry, which was shorter than me, he was shorter. I inherited his clothes. That's where my mom got my clothing. So I arrive in school looking like this. Don't think that everybody in school didn't remind me of how stupid my clothes were. But what made it worse was when the teacher went around the room and said, what do y'all want to do when you grow up? And they came to me and I said, you know, I'd like to be a doctor. I've, I, I, I always admired doctors and at that time, you know, and, and the teacher turned to the whole class and said, well, if he's a doctor, I'm not going because he'll probably kill me. It's third grade. You know what I said? I'll never answer your question again. And from that day forward, if you called me in class and asked me a question, I would stand and look at you. How do you keep from making an idiot out of yourself? Shut up. Are you all out there? That lady, it wasn't until I got born again that I decided it was time to start talking again. This time, too much. So true. So true. But you know, words are very powerful. There's an old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones and word will never hurt me. Words will kill you. And I think we need to start watching what we say because anytime we read this about the tongue, we always go into confession. There's a whole lot more in the Bible than just confessing the word. What about our everyday conversations with one another? Are they building? Are they tearing? Are they creating love? Are they, are they destroying the person we're talking to? Are you all out there as you go home? Okay. He who would love life and see good days, refrain. In other words, don't say everything that enters your mind. Now, I'm going to tell on myself again. Please, please don't uh, think bad of me. Um, I already think bad enough of myself without you helping. 
I was having lunch with Mark Hankins when he was here. And I, if you sit with me any length of time and you give me an avenue, I will tell you a story. And a lot of them. I just love telling stories. I love preaching. I love talking. Somewhere about the 15th story, Mark looks at me and says, you know you talk too much. Some of y'all can't handle correction. Wait till, wait till someone like Mark tells you to shut up. And I came back and I started reading the love book and I started realizing that's actually in there. Love has manners. So the next time we went out, the next day we went to Mount Dora and we're sitting there having lunch. And Lisa said, you're awfully quiet. And I said, yes, I am. I said, I'm not going through that again. But did it help me? It, it did help me. Why would someone want to dominate the conversation? It's rude. It's rude to do that. And I began to, I began to start at that point was when I came back and I started really paying attention to my mouth. What else am I doing with this that I should not be doing? And what could I be doing with this that's being beneficial instead of detrimental? It's a big deal. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to tell you all this. I have not arrived, but I have left. I'm not where I was. And so they say you're not supposed to preach on something until you conquer it, which means I'll never preach on this. <laughs> but I have decided that this is very strong in me, and I, I kind of think that all of us in this room we, we wake up in the morning going, I want a good life. I want a good life. And yet we're looking, how, how do we do this? And God gave us the answer. I think it would be wise that all of us would begin to watch what we're saying and what we're responding to. Because every time somebody says something to you, there's, there are times people will say things to you and you're like, okay. That's that. Let's change subjects. Now, I've spent too much of my life defending myself to people who I owe no answer to. That's me. And I have spent too little of my life saying things to people good that they needed to hear. I was with a pastor last week and we're in a conversation and his wife died of cancer December he is devastated he's still carrying the weight of it as though it's his fault and as I sat with him I thought he needs a lot of love right now this man and I could hear all the stuff he's doing that are wrong and I didn't say a word to him. And I just looked at him and I said, if it helps you, we've all been through things, not, not to the degree you have, but God is good and he'll lift you up. And I want you to realize none of us have the answers. We don't know it all. I don't know it all. You don't know it all. You would have not done anything wrong. He needed to be lifted. And I came home thinking that was worth the drive. And I drove all the way down to Tampa to meet with the pastors down there. But there are people around us every day, and some of them, are, you know, like what was the comedian that played Mrs. Doubtfire? What's it, Robin? Well, he committed suicide. He wasn't as happy as we thought he was. How many people around us right now are really not as happy as they appear? Amen. Am I doing all right? Okay, that includes you. Never correct mistakes. Leave people alone. You see them doing it wrong, shut up. Amen. 
do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Let them figure it out because I got news for you. This is not their last mistake. It's not mine. It's not yours. But always correct rebellion. I mean, nail it. That was the answer to me reading that book and going, when do we talk? Because you need to realize that when you pull someone off to the side and have a talk to them, it's for their benefit. If they're in sin, they're destroying themselves. And we have a society today where parents are trying to be friends with their kids. Your children are not your friend. Sometimes you're going to be the bad guy and you're going to pull little Herman in and say, Herman, I heard something and I hope I'm wrong, but we're going to get a Bible and we're going to talk. And you're not going to live like this in, while you live in my house. Do you understand me? Now, see, those are the kind of talks you and I need to start having. We need to have them in this nation. When it comes to morality and right and wrong, shout it from the housetop and scream real loud. This election was a fraud. These politicians are corrupt. And it's time for us to raise our voice. It's time for us to look at a generation of teenagers and go, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And if you're fornicating, you're going to hell. Oh, Herman's sweet. Herman ain't sweet. Don't shut me down. But see, sometimes it's time for us to, to say some things. But you've got to be willing to weigh your words. Is it worth talking about or not? Because if you're just running your mouth all the time, after a while, nobody's going to pay any attention to you at all. Many a home has been destroyed Many a business. Amen. Amen. I got arrested for theft by receiving charge before I got born again. And the police came out. There was a, a, a man next door who was a biker. And his name was Kenny. Um, he, he ran a Harley Davidson shop. We were having a party in his house. And a girl that was there robbed the Gulf Oil Station and brought all the, the stuff into his apartment. Well, the police came and asked about it, and I said, well, I got it and threw it out because I knew it was wrong. And he said, well, come down and make a statement. Have you ever heard of Miranda rights? Let's, let's go over them. What you say can and will. There is nothing you will say that will benefit you. Zero. It even tells you in the Miranda rights. I mean, if you say I'm innocent, that'll be used against you. So I got down, they fingerprinted me and put me in jail. And the detective said this to me. He said, most criminals incriminate themselves and put themselves behind bars. Like you. And he locked me up. I went down and told him that I touched the stuff. He, I said, I didn't know that was against the law. He said, you do now. Now, that was my wake-up to law enforcement. I have found out that there's a lot of things I've said that incriminated me. I've said a lot of things that have gotten me in trouble that I should never have said. Your, your tongue is a guide. It will take you to good or it will take you to bad. Learn to choose your words wisely. All right. All right, we're going to... 3-9, let's go over the 3-9. Do not return evil for evil. Now, we're talking about him personally, not the gospel he was preaching. Or reviling for reviling, but on contrary, blessing. One minister said this to me. He said, what you bless can't hurt you. What you bless cannot hurt you. When I was going to Ramah, they said... That Brother Hagin said, I never heard him say it. Well, first of all, he said he never says anything bad about anybody. Never. So they asked him one day, they said, well, ask him about the devil. 
<laughs> and he said, he's a persistent cuss, isn't he? It, it, it's an art to guard your mouth. Now, the second thing is, he never, not only, he, he never criticized, he never, never criticized anybody. I want you to think about all of the negative talk about Brother Hagin and Copeland on the internet. How much have they responded to it? None. Why? It does no good. Brother Hagin said, if they accused me of killing my mother, I would not even deny it. Now, I, I heard him say that and I went, I have a long ways to go. <laughs> Amen. How many of you feel like when somebody says something to you, you at least owe them an explanation that it's not true? Well, who are you talking to? They're not, they're not changing their opinion just because you get in a tirade. Did you do it? <laughs> we'll ask the Lord. Amen. I want you to go with me to Proverbs 15. I, I, I got my Bible out the other day, and I decided to start studying my mouth. You're not ever going to learn anything that you're not looking for it. If you want to change something, you're going to have to go looking for answers. All right, Proverbs 15, let me see where I'm going with this. I've got to come over here, and i got all kinds of scriptures here. 1528, on the wrong page. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. Something that Lisa said to me once, because she says things to me and I actually do listen. And I asked her a question one day, and she didn't like what I said. And I said, well, answer me. She goes, not now. I said, why not? She said, I'll say something I will regret. I will get back with you on an answer later. And I'm like, answer me now. <laughs> Sometimes... You need to, don't react now. Walk away and go, let me go think about how to say this so that I'm not repenting for what I said. It's a great scripture. A righteous studies, how should I answer this question? Because I don't want to do something stupid right now because I feel stupid right now. I feel like saying something right now. All right, never mind, never mind. I know y'all don't understand the thing I just said. Proverbs 17, 27. Are y'all ready? Go over there. He who has knowledge spares his words. A man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. And when he shuts his mouth, he's considered perceptive. All right, now I'm talking about me, since I'm not talking about you. Men, I'm going to help you for a minute. The minute you raise your voice, it's no longer about what you were talking about. It's now about your anger. Yes, amen. It doesn't matter whether you were right or wrong. The subject is now... You are angry. All the men said amen. amen. All right, now I'm going to give you an analogy in the natural. A policeman can give a ticket without being mad. He can come up and go, hey, Mr. Morgan, do you know you're doing 25 over the speed limit? Yes, I like your shirt. Yes, you look nice. Hey, nice gun. I have one too. And they go off and write you a share revenue coupon. 
and they come back and say, I saved you 20% today. <laughs> they don't have to be mean to bring judgment. Boy, I had to learn this. I had to learn it. I'm preaching because I'm hoping you all learn it. If you don't have the right to bring judgment, you don't have a right to say anything. I'm going to help the young, young adults out. Would you all like to be helped out? At what age does a person get to where you need to let them make decisions? 18, 20, 21? Ladies and gentlemen, listen. That's an adult you're talking to. Not, they might be your child, but they're not a child. And you can say, may I suggest, but the days of telling them what to do, you're done. Cody, say amen. JC, say amen. You know these guys just got engaged the other day to be married. We weren't there, but we were watching it on Hallmark. I've already called Larry Levinson and said, do I have a story for you? No, I'm just kidding. I said that with grace because I want you to understand something. Sometimes Lisa and I will be dealing with the boys, and I'll make a statement to her, and I'll say, well, we know it's not going to work. But you know what you and I are going to do? We're not, we're not going to nag them, and we're not going to say anything to them. They will let them, they didn't come ask me my opinion. Let them figure it out. Yeah. It, and you say as an adult, we don't want them to make the same mistakes we did. Hey, wake up and smell the coffee. They're a chip off the old block. Amen. They're going <laughs> to do, yeah, come on. So how do you love kids when you know they're not doing it right? Now, I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about coming home with a bag of dope. I'm not talking about coming home with, a, with their girlfriend and headed off into the bedroom. We're not talking about that. Now that, we will talk. Okay, are, are you all here? But I'm th telling you, I think that sometimes we say, we say too much. We answer a question no one's asking us. All right, never mind. He who has knowledge spares his words. Amen. Some things are none of our business. That may be hard. When I'm around pastors in the city and they start talking, I go, hallelujah. That is so wrong. But they don't belong to me. They didn't ask me. They belong to God. Amen. Now, I'm going to come here and do it the way God leads me. And if you want to, come to this church. If you don't, go to the other one. It's that simple. I asked the Lord one time, I said, do people vote? He says, they vote every Sunday, son. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that either. So anyway, hallelujah. They vote every single Sunday. All right, Proverbs 25, 24. There's a lot in here on your mouth. Say, my best days, my best days are, ahead of me. are ahead of me. All right. Proverbs 25, 24. It is better to dwell in the housetop than with a, a house shared with a contentious woman. Ladies, you won't nag him into submission. Just the mere fact that you said so, he'll do the, exactly the opposite just to keep from obeying his newfound mother. Come on, ladies, I'm trying to help you. Men, I'm trying to help you too. You need a little backbone right here. But see, a lot of times mamas are trying to help out and women are trying to help. You're not doing anything. You're making it worse. You're making him want to find a, another place to be than with you. Let him, let, let, let him be a man. Let him figure it out. Less said is better. Amen. Amen.
Let's, let's look at another one real quick. Proverbs 27, 5. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed and faithful are the wounds of a friend and the kisses of an enemy. Are there times when you need to say something? Yes. You better believe there are. Yes. You come home and find out he's been at the massage parlor, put his stuff on the door and tell him we'll have a talk with him later and you will have a talk. Do not allow people that are in your life to just destroy your life and your family. This is where you need to get a backbone. Yeah. And you need to look and say, this is right and this is wrong and we are going to talk. Pick your fights and pick them well. Pick the ones that you can and win and better win. Amen? All right, the rest of them you might want to just lighten up a little bit. All right, Proverbs 10, did we go over that one? No, we did not. Let's go back. Proverbs 10, 19. In a multitude of words, sin is not lacking. He who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many but fools die for a lack of wisdom. Very important, very important. Now go to the book of James, chapter 3. Let's go to James 3. We can't talk about the tongue until we talk about James 3. Is this okay that we do this? I'm 67. I know I don't look it, thank you. You say, no, you don't. You look 77. Don't you dare. <laughs> I don't believe that I'm dead. I don't believe that any, all the stuff I've done in the past defines me. I believe that I can start today and have a good life. Now, see, that's very important, and I'm talking to seniors now. It's very important for you to realize that, yes, I'm talking to you, and you're looking, and they're going, yeah, good God, I wish I hadn't done all that. Yeah, we all do. We're like the batter who got up and struck out way more than we thought we should have. But I'm going to tell you something. You've hit it. If you're in here today, you know what that says about me? You're hungry for God. You're doing something right. You're hitting the ball today. All right. Can I still at this age have a good life absolutely i'm tired of watching tv programs talking about senior seniors i'm not spanish i'm not senior i don't believe that i've got a bow over have bad bowel days and help my children find a nursing home for me. I don't, see, I just rebel against all of that. He who would love life. Good days. My, my best days are ahead of me. Now, what I'm learning is I might have to make adjustments, but I'm going to have a good life. And I've started that, and I'm asking you, you might want to. You younger people might want to pay attention now instead of getting to my age going, I wish to God I'd listen. Yeah. All right, James chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing you'll receive a stricter judgment. We all stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. There aren't any. Yeah, that's right. Are you talking about mature man? Able to bridle your whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths so they'll obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look at ships, and although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Say, I'm the pilot. Okay, he's telling you, whatever storm you're in, turn it with your mouth. Be very conscious of what you're saying. Even so, the tongue is a little member. It boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? 
The, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles our whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire by hell. Should we be yielding our mouth to every conversation? No. There's a lot of people that have done wrong. What do you think about old so-and-so? I don't think about old so-and-so. Yeah, but what do you think about the way he did his church? I don't know what he did and why he did it, but um, there's a God and I'm not him. And right now, I, the biggest issue that I'm having is a guy named Daryl, and, I don't, and I, don't, I don't think much of that. What about the guy down in South Papanka that died over cocaine? Don't think about it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Not me. But listen, and let, what's the old saying? I, I, I wasn't him. I don't know what he was going through. But I'll tell you this, whatever he was going through would have been nice if someone was around him that knew how to minister to him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'll tell you what I think about preachers. No one asks you. I mean, honey, you think about this. We have, a, we have a nursery with 300 babies in it. That's a lot of diapers. Well, not in this church. There's only 200 of you that are babies. The rest of y'all are. Very easy to find fault. Doesn't take a whole lot of that. What about looking for good? What about finding the good there? There's something in the book. Where's that book on love? What happened to it? You, it's behind me. I'm kind of being prompted by the Lord. I want to show you something I found. You will find, if you think for a moment, the people who influence you are people who believe in you. What's wrong with believing in somebody even though they're not doing it so good? It, don't you... Don't you at the end of your day, I want the people who run with you say, I like being with them. That's quite a goal. I like being with them. I love being around Mark and Trina. They're, they're a joy to be with. We went off with, with David and Alderman, his wife, had dinner the other night. Susie. Susie. Love being with them. Great, great people. At the end of the night, we weren't like, hey, that was fun. Mm -hmm. Not, we'll never do that again. <laughs> can, can, is that, a, is that a, a good goal for you? Be the kind of person that when they leave, they go, I enjoyed that time. Yes. So if you'll find people who influence you or people who believe in you, the t every kind of beast and bird and reptile it's tamed and been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. That's why God wants it. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless God, our Father, and with it, we curse men who are made in the likeness of God. Amen. Enough said. Wind is not controlling the ship. The pilot is. Your life is not controlling you. Your tongue is. Yes. That's a good, that's, that's good. Um, let's close with this, Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to take communion here in just a moment. I thank you for coming to my personal Bible study. Let no corrupt word, verse 29, proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. What's clamor? Loud talking. I told you so. So why do we do that? It means shut up. I want to ask, say something else here and think about it. Why do we use, we don't, why does the world 
use adjectives. It's not a dog, it's a damn dog. Why? Why adjectives? Because we don't believe our own words. And when I told the boys growing up, if you do that, I'm going to whip you. I don't have to scream because I'm going to whip them. And you know how they know they're getting whipped? Because I keep my word. I don't have to. I don't have to clamor with my sons. I told you that if you ever done that again, I'm going to take you home and tell you the Why are you doing that? Because you don't even believe your own words. You're hoping to change them by screaming. They don't change because you scream at them. You either mean what you say or you didn't mean what you said. So I go, ah, I won't forget. And so when the boys get home, they always are angels. Let's hope he forgets. And I'll go, come to the room. And he goes, he didn't forget. And since I wasn't basing what I did on my emotions in the first place, I'm not going to base it on my emotions now. I'm not going to lie to you. I told you I was going to whip you. I'm fixing to whip you. Amen. <laughs> but you know, it helps a whole lot better. I, I, one, I never did. One, two. What? You, what's three? Lie, lie. Now I'm going to get you. Why? Why? Why is one not good? Never mind. Let all bitterness, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth what is good. I'm not here yet. Say, but we've all left. We've left. That it may impart grace to the people listening to us. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He don't like everything you talk about. In whom you were sealed for redemption, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving, even as God in Christ forgave you. Speaking, it says down in verse chapter five, verse nineteen. Speak to one another, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Um, one last thing: when when Mark Hankins' mother said, Mark Hankins said that when they would come home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, all of the boys in the family were pastors or preachers. And it wasn't long the conversation turned toward some pastor somewhere. Yeah. Mark's mother would always come into the room and start singing a song. Let's talk about Jesus. And what that means is this conversation is unacceptable in this room. And she'd sing it until everybody shut up. And changed. And I'm going to tell you something. Since that day, since Mark made that statement and Trina made that statement, I have really begun to think about what I say. And when I say it and how I say it. Now, have I arrived? No. I'm kind of hoping you guys are going, he's changing. I actually have. Why? For you? Oh, heck no. For me. Faith works by love. I think all of us in this room, everybody in this room, we, we really need to work on our love walk. Believe the best of people. Say less about things that don't matter. Change subjects when we need to change subjects. And since we're talking about this, you need communion. <laughs> in God good. Let me ask you a question before I turn this over to Lisa. How many of you, after reading stuff like this, it's kind of like, whoa. How many of you can, can see some things in your life you're going, wow, I need to start watching what I say. Amen. Never have a conversation that you wouldn't have if Jesus was sitting there with you. Practice his presence. Ask the Holy Spirit, are you enjoying this conversation I'm having or my attitude right now? Amen. Let's pray before we take communion. Father, I God, I thank you for the opportunity to preach the word of God.
I think all of us in this room relate to what I've said. We all want a better life. But we're actually the ones that are controlling whether it's better or not. Every one of us can, can begin to adjust how we talk to our spouses, what we say to one another, how we talk to our children, how we talk to our parents. I think all of us can make adjustments in this area, and I pray that all of us would. We would become a lot more conscious of the fact that the number one key to a good life is right under our nose. And I pray that if we're sitting here today and realize we're not there, that's a good thing because now we can press forward and do something about it. Now, I understand by being the pastor of this church that none of us will arrive next week or the next week after that. But I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would begin. The world around us needs godly men and godly women who use the word and use their mouth correctly, just like the Lord Jesus did. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Lisa, I'm going to give this to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is Lord. So they will be passing out the elements right now. Go ahead and just take one for yourself of each. Praise God. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can just turn the music up a little bit. That would be great. I want to read Hebrews 9.12. Colleen, quick of the draw. Can you get that up on the screen for me? Hebrews 9.12. I like for eyeballs to look at the word. Amen. Hebrews 9.12 says this. Not, that doesn't look like Hebrews, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained for us, what? Eternal redemption. Jesus Christ. The blood of bulls and goats had to be for the Old Testament, foreshadowing what Jesus would do, but they had to offer that every year. But now in the New Testament, it says, no more the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he now entered into the most holy place once and for all. He has obtained for us eternal redemption. And here's Jesus, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three and 24. That same night, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three and 24, that same night, it says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered up to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he said, this is, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. So say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you that your body was broken for me. I ask you to forgive me for everything that I've done. That does not dis, that does displease you. And now I thank you for breaking your body for me, bearing the punishment of my sin. And right now, in remembrance of you, I will take and eat this bread so my body does not have to be broken. Go ahead and take and eat of the bread. Amen. It's okay. I did it once. I'm good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Two services. Amen. And then it says that it says in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. So say, Lord, thank you for the blood that has washed away every sin. And not only the sin, but the shame and the guilt of sin. Cleansing my mind from dead works. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. He said, go ahead and take and drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, 
If you have never asked Jesus to be Lord, you want to do it today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. God so loved you, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him, you qualify as a whoever. Say, I qualify as a whoever. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's by faith in the blood. His grace will not be appropriated to you if you don't mix it with faith. Yes, Jesus died for all, but the blood only takes effect in your life when you mix faith with the grace. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I would ask that you would all pray this with any that might need to pray it. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son I accept the blood of your son that was sacrificed for me. He is in heaven today, forever a man and forever God, with holes in his side, holes in his hands, and holes in his feet. He will always look that way. He will always identify with us through his own blood. And so now I receive you, Jesus. And I say thank you for personally dying for me. Take me to heaven when I die. And help me to have heaven on this earth while I live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.